0: Veterinary support staff unleashed what you want to know about the big trends in veterinary medicine. And if you're a veterinary support staff, how can you transition into management? (laughs) Welcome back to the Veterinary Viewfinder the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And if you want to know where some of the toughest topics in veterinary medicine are talked about, in addition to this podcast, then you need to go on Facebook and join the Veterinary Support Staff Unleashed Facebook group. It is pretty interesting, amazing, and phenomenal that there are that many people. What There's 15,000 of us on that website right now talking about the trials, tribulations, and success stories in our profession. But before we get into all of that and the person who started Veterinary Support Staff Unleashed, as always, I am your host, Dr. Ernie Ward.
1: And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And I'm super excited our guest today joined us. Uh, She's actually someone I've gotten to know pretty well over the last year. And I've I've kind of watched from afar as she's built this brand around veterinary support staff unleashed, but also have kind of talked about her career. And her career follows a subject we've talked about a lot on this podcast, moving from veterinary technician or veterinary support member into management. So before we get into all of that, this lady right here is from Washington State. She's actually a former um, president of her state association she regularly contributes to the nafta journal you might have read some of her articles on dr she is a fellow uh well she's a licensed veterinary technician out there in washington (laughs) state and i'm so excited to introduce you guys to miss jade velasquez
2: Hello. Thank you guys so much for having me.
1: Thanks for being here. You have got so much going on. This girl has (laughs) definitely built a career over the last few years. Uh, She takes kind of her own side street with writing, whether it's in the veterinary industry or in the horror industry, which we want to hear more about that. (laughs) And, you know, she keeps herself really busy between this Facebook page, being a manager, all of that. I mean, you've got so much going on and a 12-year-old son. Jade, how do you do this?
2: Um, A lot of uh, time management apps and checklists, honestly. Yeah, Yeah. I've got about 12 planners. But, um, you know, honestly, it's just it's my passion. So I, none of it's a chore. I enjoy everything I do. And um, it's been really amazing to get to know everyone in the veterinary community and, um, you know, talk to people out there and and hear what they're going through.
0: Well, well Jade, I, I really would like to dig into that just a second. You know, you mentioned you have a lot of planners, reminders and ways to keep your time management. I mean, I'm always interested to hear what other people are using. You know, I am Almost completely dependent on my Google calendar. It keeps me straight in so many ways, but, you know, we use Slack a lot to communicate. I mean, I actually use the notes and reminders that's built into the Mac OS. What are your favorite sort of apps and and things you use?
2: I definitely I live by my Google calendar as well, like everything goes in the calendar, so I know what I need to do. Um, I have uh, an Evo planner, which is really cool. It kind of links into your personality type and helps you plan things and also make time for yourself, which is really important. Um, And it actually goes into an app as well. And then I'm a big fan of honestly, like checklists, you know, I need to do this today. I'm doing that. Yes. Um, Also many, many post-its. But, you know, the biggest thing is just, um, you know, making sure that I can do what I need to do at work, be there in the Facebook group and, um, you know, in my free time writing and all that, none of that's a chore.
1: Yeah, isn't that funny? It's nice when you use that as an escape. And, you know, I have to say, I have definitely seen our, our mutual affinity for day planners. Uh, I've, I've oogled over those that you have posted. And it's funny how I feel like we all in this veterinary industry kind of share that. But, you know, I, before we get too far down a day planner rabbit hole, which I know we could <laughs> we could talk about all day, tell us a little bit, you know, about that. Because I mean, I know that now you've learned time management as part of your role responsibility, but let's back how'd you get here? Tell us, uh, how did you end up being a veterinary technician? Did you always want to be? Are you one of those people? Did you fall into it? Tell us a little bit about the backstory that got you here today.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So when I was in high school, I really felt that human-animal bond with the pets I had growing up. And I just knew that I wanted to help in some way. And I kind of looked at, you know, you're going through high school. What do I want to be when I grow up? And I was looking at different careers and, you know, veterinarian always pops up. And then I read about veterinary technicians and I was like, this is what I want to do. And um, so I kind of decided this was what I was going to do. And um, as time went on, I basically... Uh, got my foot in the door into a clinic as a kennel attendant, um, worked my butt off there. And then I was promoted to an assistant. And at that time, the grandfather clause was still going on in Washington state. So I um, worked as an assistant for 5 years i did um general practice i worked in emergency medicine and specialty as an assistant and then i took my vtne and i became a licensed technician and it was honestly my second proudest day of my life because <laughs> the first one was the birth of my son but i was so thrilled to reach that goal wow,
1: wow that's pretty amazing yeah and you know it's it's funny because we talk so much in the industry about Credential technicians, um, you know, having gone to school. And I think a lot of times we do forget about those people that worked on their own to get grandfathered. in. you took the same test I studied two years for Mm -hmm. independently. And, you know, I I know a couple people who have have earned their license that way. And I have to say, you know, you don't get enough credit for the work that you put in individually to take the same test that a a lot of people can't pass after school. So kudos to you for that. That's pretty outstanding. and, And you really did work your way up. So then what? So then where are you now as far as practice? goes, and how do you end up in management? How does this transition happen for you?
2: So for me, I always have been kind of a go-getter and (laughs) I've always worked really hard. So I've always been kind of the go-to technician. If there's an issue, someone comes to me, I talk to the difficult clients, um, I troubleshoot. And so I just kind of went down that path naturally. And as I started, Veterinary support staff unleashed. I started to realize how many people were struggling in their clinics with management issues or not feeling like they were backed up. And I began to take interest in that and talk to those people. And as that went on, I started to point my technician career towards some sort of leadership, becoming a technician supervisor, inventing protocols, standards, training um, plans. And it was really nice to start seeing people that I were working with really grow through that mentorship. And at that point in my life, I was like, you know, I'm I'm really excited, and I I, I enjoyed the job I was at as a tech supervisor. And then I saw an ad for a practice management position in my area, which we're more of a rural area. So we don't get a lot of those. And it was actually pretty close. (laughs) And the job description was like everything I wanted, you know, work-life balance, mentoring the team, positivity. And I was like, well, you know, I'll apply, see what happens. And I did. And they actually called me and I was like, wow, this is crazy. (laughs) So I went in for an interview. And honestly, me and the manager had like a two hour interview, just like loving and discussing everything management. And um, they ended up calling me back, offered me the position. And that's how it all came about.
0: (laughs) I think sometimes, especially some of our younger colleagues think it's just going to happen like overnight, (laughs) you know, like you can just show up and you can go like, Hey, you know, I want to be the manager. And I would argue that's probably not the best pathway. (laughs) At least it wasn't for me. So I'm a bit old school of that. So the the point I'm trying to make to people out there is that you had earned a lot of experience. You had, had had a lot of successes and failures, of course. And then you took that that platform. And you said, now I'm ready to supervise and manage other people, right? Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. 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 And it, it definitely is a bit of a transition. And when you're first coming in, you know, it takes a really long time to be, you know, a kick butt technician. And then you come in as a practice manager and you're kind of starting from square one. You're building trust and building relationships and getting people to realize you're not there to mess up their day.
0: Right. And as owner of other, you know, veterinary clinics over the years, sometimes promoting from within can be problematic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's sometimes really hard to work somewhere for 10 years and then suddenly be their boss. So you're, you know, you go from being their colleague to their supervisor and there can be a lots of issues with that. So was that part of your calculus when you made the move to leave your your old clinic to become the manager at another clinic?
2: Absolutely. I think the biggest, you have so many clinic dynamics going on. And as a supervisor, I could be a supervisor, but it was also on, you know, I worked on the floor with these people and I was in the trenches with them and we could tell jokes and it was, you know, just kind of how it was. And we had a good time, but going into a new position, I had to kind of create that boundary, which, you know, I definitely love my team. I love being friendly with them and cracking jokes, but you have to set there's different boundaries, right?
0: Right. And that's what we want to emphasize. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And we've we've absolutely talked about that. You
1: know, what are those lines and how do you draw them? Are you friends on Facebook? Do you go out drinking? Because, you know, how can you draw that line between friendship and management? And I think that's where people get into a lot of trouble. So so I understand for you in this case, you went to a new practice, you came in as manager and that's the the, the way you started out. But I would argue more often than not, it is people getting promoted through the ranks. Is it? Would you agree? Yeah. So I, I think this is part of where I am always talking about this struggle that comes in. I, I think I just feel like a lot of times it becomes an internal promotion. But when I say promotion, it's into a position that doesn't really actually have an outline job description. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't think that technicians are properly coached as to expectations. I think they're just told, okay, now go manage. Right. And then a lot of them feel set up for failure or feel unsuccessful or are ultimately like fired because they're not doing what their boss wants. But there's it's never really been clearly
2: communicated. I mean, am I am I wrong there? Is that do you guys notice that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it it definitely is an issue. And a lot of times it comes from the person, you know, the technician that's working really hard. They dump more responsibilities and they honestly are never even really given a title. And how can you manage people who don't know your role? How can you have these discussions when they don't know; it's never been announced. Just all of a sudden, you're, you know, talking to them about, you know, issues. It it, it makes it, the lines really blurry for them.
0: Jade, what's been the biggest thing you've noticed during this transition? You know, like the from your old responsibilities to your new. Like, what's been the the most challenging or the the thing that surprised you the most?
2: Um, honestly, HR is everything, <laughs>
0: right, <laughs> you know, right.
2: and it can be. Um, never ending. And honestly, I've had the most meaningful conversations come from tough conversations, but it can definitely as an empath for me be a little draining yes. Um. Yeah. to, you know, have the turmoil of I have to have this tough tough conversation how's this person going to respond and think about it overnight and then you know just work on a stomach ulcer and go in and talk about it and it's fine
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's true though that's absolutely true so what are some of the tools it sounds like for, for the most part you developed a lot of your skills through becoming a supervisor but How have you become a great manager? What are some of the tools and tricks that you have had and that you have used that you think would be resourceful to somebody out there who's listening today saying, I'm in this position, I feel this way, and I want to do a better job? How do they do that?
2: I think definitely going to uh, VHMA. They have wonderful resources there. They have a community of managers that help support each other and kind of talk each other through things that they go through daily. Um, anything about communication, all, it's all about communication. Um, so any resources you can find there, I think, um, personality testing your team and kind of figuring out how to talk to them is so useful. Yes. Um, and just learning to be patient with yourself and realize this is a path. You are doing enough. You will get there.
1: So wonderful. And and I agree with you. You're right. Be, be, being kind is so important, right? Being kind to yourself as nice as you would be to those around you. Yeah. But what about in working with their superiors? And I think because I think that's where a lot of struggle can sometimes come in. So we know that there can be difficulties in relationships with your coworkers. And we've kind of talked about that. It, it's hard to move up into that transition. Yeah. But what about start, your
0: boss? What right, about me? Right. Yeah. Yeah. What
1: about that mean old doc? But like, how are you? How do you work on that communication and expectation role with your superiors in that middle management position?
2: I think, honestly, being able to be open and honest and explain things and get bearing perspectives, but also realize that as a manager, it is my job to do what my employer wants me to do. Um, so I need to understand the why behind it and really just have those conversations with them. I've been really lucky with, um, my practice owner. She's great, has clear expectations. We have excellent conversations, but it definitely at times, I mean, you're going to have to Talk to veterinarians that are. You're like I. I. I'm. Te- I have to have a tough discussion with you. This is right. weird for me, you know. But realize it comes from a place of respect and just. Just dis- it's a discussion. It's not reprimand. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. And I love that. And and you know, again, Jade, as I've told you know, countless veterinarians, managers, staff really the two most important words in the English language to me are, I need. And Mm -hmm. that's the hardest part for most of us, right? I mean, I'm sure you've seen your colleagues, even those that you've supervised, sometimes it's hard for them to come and say, Jade, I need whatever, or Mm -hmm. you to go to your boss and say, I need you to do whatever. And Mm -hmm. it's really not that hard.
2: Yeah, it really isn't. And I think if you can work on that relationship to where you can ask those questions or say, I need that, that can be so amazing because a lot of times people just kind of hold that in. And then we're frustrated that others aren't living up to what expectations we have. And it's like, but we never said what they were. (laughs) Right. So,
0: (laughs) well, in addition to being an awesome veterinary technician, and an awesome practice manager. You've also done an amazing contribution to the profession, and that is your Facebook group. And I definitely want to spend some time talking about that. So, Veterinary Support Staff unleashed has been going on for two or three years, I think now. Tell us uh, why did you do this? What what compelled you to start this group?
2: Honestly, I as a technician, I had been on various Facebook group forums, and you know, there are a lot. You can learn a lot from them, but there seemed to be this trend where people were just ripping each other to shreds on the internet. And um, it was really hard for me to kind of watch. And I I felt really uncomfortable even commenting on things because I knew someone was going to tell me I was wrong or why I was bad for thinking that. And so I just on a whim was like, you know what, I want to, start a Facebook group where it can be a safe space and people can talk about whatever they want to in veterinary medicine. And so I started it with a handful of my friends that I'd worked with over the years. And then it kind of blew up and I don't know what happened.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Because you've got over 15,000 members now, right?
2: Yes. Yes, absolutely. And it has taught me so much. And as time's gone on, I've brought in, I have a wonderful admin team who this is all volunteer. They work on their own time to make sure the group is a safe, positive place. I have people that screen for membership and, um, you know, it's become kind of a, a business model. And I think that people really, really appreciate the sense of community that they get there.
0: Yeah. So if you're a veterinary professional listening today, you should definitely go to Facebook, Veterinary Support Staff Unleashed. Join the group. There's a couple of, I think, questions they ask you to verify that you're actually one of us, but I think you should do that. But let me ask you, Jade, a little bit about this. I have been critical publicly and, of course, on this podcast of some of the other very popular, quote unquote, vet Facebook groups because they do sort of devolve quickly. Like you said, people are ripping into each other. I love the way you articulated that. Um, How do you guys keep it a little more professional and a little more positive?
2: Well, honestly, it's just, we, we moderate the comments we go through and we read the comments and we have many, many posts a day. So it's a a lot of work, but, um, we basically, if someone goes to make this a, you know, a personal attack, uh, we will ban that person and, uh, we don't accept that. Um, we also, if things are starting to get heated, we'll talk it down and also let people know you can discuss your opinions without attacking each other. Um, if a post is getting out of hand or it's causing an issue, we'll get rid of it. Um, you get the energy from the things that surround you. So if you have positive influences out there then it creates a positive community. Yeah. Amen. That's,
1: I mean, that's so beautiful and and it's really true. And I think it's really important because what I know about the life of a lot of veterinary technicians and a lot of support staff members are, they live somewhat isolated. Mm-hmm. They, are within their clinic and their practice and and that's mostly where that's they it. stay and yeah. so the culture within that clinic is a culture that they know and that they live and you can only do what you know you can only implement the tools that are in your toolbox right and so when you give a place like this for 15 thousand passionate veterinary team members to go and actually learn how to communicate healthy, how to set up boundaries in a healthy way, and and to have a healthy culture um, and to be coached into not bullying and not bringing the BS to the table. I think it's so important. It's
0: powerful. Because,
1: yeah. yeah, it's so powerful, right? Because we don't actually know or realize maybe that they don't have access to that.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And there are people who are in their clinics that are struggling with, um, you know, team members who are bullying or having issues with uh, maybe an owner that they're butting heads with. And you can actually kind of show support for one another, but also give ideas on how people can work through these problems, you know, and that's really important.
0: Jade, you've been monitoring this uh, website or group for quite some time. What's like the, the the some of the big emerging themes that you see over and over again? The major complaints or the topics. The what are the trends that you see? You know that you could share with us.
2: Well, there are honestly, people always struggle with um, bullying in hospitals, and uh, basically being uncomfortable going to work based on those. So that has been around and that has always been prevalent. Um, I definitely see that people are moving more towards um, work-life balance and setting boundaries. They just don't quite know how to do it. Um, So finding resources there and figuring out how to do that. Um, Otherwise, I think the community overall is just excited to learn. We're all passionate about this. We realize that, you know, by being part of this community, we can learn more about medicine and our community and ourselves.
0: Yeah, you know, I used to say, Jade, people come into this profession for the animals, they leave because of the people. Yeah. And, oh, and no. so what 100%. you've already, you've just sort of validated that once again. And of course, you know, I, I follow a lot of these little Facebook groups. I don't do a lot on Facebook anymore uh, for a lot of reasons, but, uh, you know, you see those emerging themes over and over again about my coworker is doing this. My boss isn't doing that. And mm-hmm. and again, it's, we enter because of the animals, we leave because of the people.
1: Exactly. You're, abs- you're absolutely right. And you know, one thing I love, if and first of all, if you guys have not been out, on her Facebook page, please take an opportunity, go to, uh, you know, veterinary support staff unleashed, but read through some of these posts. If you're in management, if you're a veterinarian and you feel like you might be out of touch, what's going on with your support staff or how they really feel, or actually, I guess maybe more importantly, if you think you know what your staff <laughs> feels <laughs> and you think they're all happy, you need to get on this page and start reading through I can't believe the things that are said on this page that are happening to people on a day-to-day basis. And one of the most beautiful things I see happening is, is someone can sit on this page and say, Hey guys, I just want to run this by you. Am I crazy or is this unfair? And you will see 9,852 posts followed up like get, out get out now so much support so much love and so much validation for these people who are out there in a really uh unhealthy culture because we know that there's a lot of them out there we talk about it all the time
0: you know becky that's a really good point because i think that people you mentioned this isolationism and and jade i want to get your your feedback on this so they feel like oh my gosh there is no other option like there aren't there can't be clinics different than mine i mean i'm in my local veterinary clinic it sucks i don't like it but what are my options? And I think the one thing that I love about what you've done, Jade, is it validates that no, there are better options out there. Yes.
2: Yes. And, and realizing that, you know, finding that balance, are you going to have to commute a little, but be in an environment that doesn't make you miserable every day? Um, you know, it's going to take work, but people can support you through that. And honestly, I've told people, you know, if you're in a small community, this is your only vet clinic, you're miserable. There's nothing wrong with leaving the field and finding something better. I would rather you be happy than be a a miserable team member because you just can't stand it. It's ap-
1: you're absolutely right and you know there with with the growth of telemedicine and and opportunities are coming um uh, down the pipeline i think more and more for people to find a way out of being so miserable and, and still pursuing their passion having such a, a strong group of of people who have united to be healthy and to to be supportive is an amazing thing and you know i just really hope that you do reflect in what you've built and the administrators who have helped you along the way um being a core group of technicians out there who said we can do better and And we can help every single day. It's an amazing thing. And I love that you've done. Um, I love to do my top three. So I'm going to, before we wrap up, pin you down to what is your top three bits of advice for technicians out there? For say my students who are listening out there, or maybe a technician who's burnout. I mean, give me your top three survival tips for veterinary technicians right now in the industry.
2: Oh, that's a good one, Becky. Okay. um, So I guess the first one is give yourself some grace. Realize you're going to make mistakes, and that's all part of growing. Um, Also, you deserve to be happy. So whatever that looks like to you, chase that. And then just, just work hard and realize you honestly can do anything you want to. You just have to, you know, get that positive energy, find that thing that inspires you, and keep chasing that.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And really, you know, Jade, this all speaks to the issue of burnout and compassion fatigue and all those other behavioral and emotional dilemmas that we face. And the fact is, if you are in a, a an unsupportive, you know, toxic workplace, you simply don't have the energy. And I love that you mentioned you're an empath as well. Most of us are very empathetic people to get in this profession in the first place you just burn out. I mean, you you only have so much reservoir. Becky's always talking about refilling the cup or whatever. Yeah. You know, this Facebook group can help refill it a little bit. Yeah. But uh-huh. more importantly, you know, you've really got to surround yourself with people that are making you better. And Jade, you are one of those people that quite thank frankly you. is making the profession better. And I want to thank you for all of your efforts, uh, you know, and what you're doing to make us better. Well, you've heard what we have to say. Now we want to hear from you. Have you checked out veterinary support staff unleashed on Facebook? If not, Why not? Please go do that today. Join that. Let us know if you find it helpful, what you find helpful about it, and more importantly, what can you do to help our profession?
1: Check us out on all the different social media outlets. We are on all of them. We are on Facebook at Veterinary Viewfinder and Instagram at Vet Viewfinder. Share a picture of your favorite day planner and a shout out (laughs) to your app because I'm coming full circle to say that is my true passion (laughs) in life is pens and day planners. So we want to see your favorite out there. If you've been on Veterinary Support Staff Unleashed, uh, don't forget to give a shout out to Jade for all that she does and all the administrators. And make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast platform. If you go to iTunes, we really just love if you take a second to leave yes, some feedback. Yes,
0: please, yep. please, please. Rate
1: and review. It helps us to be seen on iTunes and for other veterinary professionals to get in on these great conversations that we have every week. And don't forget, while you're there, click to subscribe so you don't miss one great episode of the Veterinary Viewfinder.
0: Until next time, Jade, do you like Myers-Briggs or Strength Finder?
2: Ooh. I'm a Myers-Briggs girl. Yes, I win. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. 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 Thanks, guys.
0: Oh, that was great.